Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossap, Fightful.com, YouTube.com slash Fightful, podcast platforms everywhere. It's December 13th, 2021. A quick note right off the top. I know a lot of you watch um, our shows on any number of Twitter platforms. StreamYard has had a big issue with Twitter of late. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. We're working to get it fixed. Uh, If I pick like three or four different Twitters to send this to, Might send it to one of them. Uh, So right now we're live on the Fightful MMA Twitter. (laughs) Because it's the only one of four that it would actually work on. Hot diggity dog. Oh, you're right. It's not on mine either. It usually is. Yeah, it's not on yours. It's not on mine. It's not on (laughs) Fightful's. It's on Fightful MMA. We got Denise Salcedo here. Denise, how you doing? I'm exhausted, Sean. I'm exhausted. Today was the first day where I was like, damn, I don't want to go to work today. I kind of want to call out. <laughs> and like I visualized it. I visualized the doubt because it's kind of a gloomy day here. It's kind of a little bit of raining. And I was like in my blankets. You know, I had a little bit of a break before Raw. So I started watching the Netflix made TV series and it got really good. And I was like, damn it. I could finish this whole damn season tonight. But I got to go to watch a three hour Raw. And then I got to do a post show so yeah you look festive denise are you in the christmas spirit did you see my tweet or are you just saying that no i didn't see your tweet. oh shit I li- I li- thanks sean bury my twitter account i appreciate it um <laughs> you know i'm just here busting my ass trying to grow that thing and just bury it uh i posted that i felt like i look like a christmas tree today so, so i thought you, you read so my tweet you love christmas now no i don't why i just we know how i feel sean it's denise, overrated okay What's your favorite Christmas movie? Elf. Elf. Okay. It's so funny. It's not. It's so Yeah, it no, it's funny, Sean. Oh, it's, it's funny. It's... No, do not talk shit on Will Ferrell or Elf. Because that stuff is Oh hell's no. Elf is so Elf is good. Sorry. Mm-mm. I will not slant take any elf hate. What it's is the your only beef? Christmas movie that I can watch? But what's your beef with Christmas? I was unloved as a child and I never got any Christmas gifts. That isn't true at all. 
It is you have true. a loving family. That isn't that you isn't don't know true that. whatsoever. Yes, you don't I know do. that. No, you oh. don't. Oh, I know plenty about your mom. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, I'm just I, I want to get to the core of this problem, Denise, because I get the feeling that we're not going to be talking much about Raw tonight. By the way, guys, get in your super chats and your humper chats. Humperchat.com gets your question or statement read right on the air. Please leave a thumbs up. And if you want to get in the Christmas spirit, you can join myself and the rest of the fightful staff. Next Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, we're doing a Christmas bonus stream. All the proceeds will go towards, not me, the rest of the staff and uh, Christmas bonuses and the like. Usually freelancers don't, don't get that type of thing, but at Fightful by God, we make sure they do. So swing by, 6 p.m. You can also leave a humper chat anytime before. The stream is already set up, so if you want to head over there, and go ahead and leave one right now. Have your question statement read right on the air. On that, you can as well. Denise, tell me why you truly hate Christmas. Why are you such a Grinch? Why are you such a Scrooge? Why are you such a Hans Gruber? Why are you a little gremlin? Sean, I already told you I was unloved as a child and didn't get any Christmas gifts. I already told you. Okay, fine. Fine. Okay. You're like you're like the penguin in in the Christmas Batman movie. That that's you. Oh, I don't think I've seen that. Of course you haven't. You hate Christmas. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that. I just look. I just I I I like Christmas when my gift is like right in front of me. When I know it's time for me to open presents and they're for me. I love Christmas then. Like that is greedy. You know? That yeah, that is. And- Sean, there are two types of people in this world. There are giving people and there are greedy people. And I am the greedy people. I just like to receive gifts and that's all I care about. So all this extra stuff is not for me. You know, last year, I didn't even have a Christmas tree. I I legitimately did not put up a Christmas tree. I was like the only person that I know that did not have a Christmas tree. This is heartbreaking. J.D.B. Pringle says the original Lethal Weapon is also a Christmas movie. Uh, Omar Diaz says that's Cap, Denise. Everybody knows that you have a loving family, Denise. What is Cap? It means you're lying. Valab says oh. Elf is all right. Die Hard is my Christmas movie. Come at me, trolls. I love Die Hard. Die Hard is one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. I started watching Die Hard, and I think I got through like two minutes, and I was like, this is boring, and I went into something else. Sorry, Sean. What Are is you- I, I can't think of a less boring movie than Die Hard. Wait, so are you saying it's boring too? Oh, Denise. I'm Denise. sorry, it was boring. Please, guys, get in your Humper Chats at humperchat.com or humperchats.com. <sighs> Donate your Super Chats as well because we're going to need something to talk about. Please do because tonight. I could have been watching Netflix, man. I could have had these last four hours, Sean. I would have been four episodes deep in right now. Amir says, are we getting a Grinch song this year too? No, but I got something coming for Denise. I got something coming for the Hans Gruber of Fightful. You know, Sean, I was I was very upset today. I got to tell says, you why. Graham says, you're a mean one, Miss Denise. You should replay that, by the way. Like for our Christmas episode, that's what, the 27th? I will. I'll do you that. No, re- it's, no, oh, no, 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 it's, it's 20, 21st. 20, 21st. When's Christmas? Oh, yeah, the 25th. Sorry, yeah. I was confusing it's it 20, with New Year's. Yeah, well, well, I mean, I'll play it on the, sh- the Christmas bonus stream <gasps> next week. 
But why were you mad? Why were you mad tonight? Because I saw that you promoted the Christmas stream. And as of that moment, I had not received an invite from you. Nobody had, Denise. I legitimately was upset. I was like, I cannot believe Sean literally invited whoever and didn't invite me. I felt so upset. Denise, you got invited at the same time everybody did. I decided what it was. I don't like that. I want an exclusive invite. I want an invitation that is going to come in a pop-up with a little jingle bell playing. You're invited to the Christmas stream. Anakin sent a Humper Chat at HumperChat.com and said, Sean, we went over this last year. Denise hates Christmas because she hates boxes, remember? Oh, yeah, I do hate boxes, too. And Anony Mouse says, early post-raw chat, working super late tonight doing invoicing past midnight. I feel you, brother. Me, too. Uh, Counting on you guys to keep me company. Hope Raw was decent. Hope I didn't just jinx it. Also, fun (laughs) fact, even bad Raws make for good background noise while doing office work. Well, I mean, as I always say, I'd rather cover bad wrestling than do any other kind of work like it's it's a good position to be in but i'll tell you what helps out a little bit denise when people send in super chats and humper chats about hook the goat (gasps) we're still talking about hook hell yeah talking about because i didn't get to talk about hook's debut because i was working okay well pm mike says hook is where you hope dominic mysterio is at and anakin says just make this more hook talk bound to be better than whatever the heck happened tonight uh, Hook had an incredible showing on Friday, Denise. Dude, okay, so I had to work that day, all right? And you, you know how it is, all right? I have never had so much FOMO knowing that everybody was watching Hook's debut and I was working. I kept thinking to myself, damn it, Denise, like, why'd you, why, why? You could have been watching Hook right now. Um, So immediately, I, I will tell you, I have not seen SmackDown. I have not even seen the entire episode of Rampage because I've been so busy, but I took time literally right after work keep in mind i had to take a fl- i had to leave to the airport at like the 4 a.m in the morning and i got home like at midnight but i still found at least a couple of minutes to watch hook's debut on rampage and dude i was so uh first of all I just, sean i have a question for you here's my first question when the how was the last time that someone or like the fan base was overall so excited for somebody's freaking debut like I, that was that was special. That was very special. I don't even remember like when. I mean, you can say Braun Breaker, okay, but I don't even think it was that to that level of people being excited for Braun Breaker. Well, I mean, Braun Breakers was all like one night. Like we didn't even know it was coming. That's it just true happened. Too, yeah, it happened, and we were like, "Man, this guy rules." But in even like the post, like the post, like even after the match, okay, fine. Like people were talking about it, but I don't think that the buzz was necessarily as much. And I started to think about that. I was like, you know what? It's freaking crazy that I'm sitting here having FOMO for for a debut of a guy that I haven't even seen wrestle. Like this is this feels pretty important. So whatever I dude, I liked everything that they did. I thought that he came out and that he looked, uh, he looked pretty impressive, had a good physique. I know the girls are going to be all over him. Uh, he reminded me of like a, uh, you know, Samoa Joe and like ring of honor. Like that's the kind of vibe that I got from him. Obviously, you know, he's still going to, you know, improve and continue getting better. But I just thought to myself, I keep like, if, here's the interesting part. He comes out and he reminds me of a Ring of Honor Samoa Joe, yet he looks like he could be in the cast of Riverdale, which to me yeah. was pretty interesting to like kind of see. But I thought they, they, they did a lot of they cool got things. a lot of people like that, Denise. They got a lot of those those 
guys that are gonna they're gonna attract a younger audience like and i don't mean like a, an eight nine year old like a teenage audience like a 20 something audience i would say i would say younger because he's what he's 21 like i can't 22. give the eyes to hook like i would feel i'm i feel like a mother next to him okay so it ain't gonna work uh but no it, they did a lot of really good stuff like i love like even him just like turning his back and not you know acknowledging his opponent that that was great the hairstyle was very very hip like the way they did it you know he was cocky without being cocky he just went in there handled business and hit the bricks i saw people like doing this weird thing where they're like oh he's too little he's too little and then people were like no he's this size his 2018 college lacrosse measurements were six foot tall and 184 <laughs> pounds and i saw people saying no way he's 201 pounds it's not hard to believe that he's 200 pounds after being 184 when he was like 17, 18 years old, like it was like some of some of the weird criticism points that people were trying to dig up got really, really weird. Um, JW Pringle said there was a weird NIL thing WWE showed with its future talent. What happens when WWE changes all their names? One of those guys or gals will be Bearcat, Bearcat Breaker, Wagner, bet on it. I mean, some of them will have their names changed for sure. If one of them wins like a gold medal or something, I doubt. I doubt they're changing Gable Stevenson's name, even though he's got an NIL deal, Denise. I think that the people like that are much bigger should not get their name changed. For example, one of the things that I saw was this Cavender twin girls. I don't know anything about them other than what WWE put out, but I did see that people were saying that they got a TikTok following and stuff like that. All right, if you're if you're like that was part of the reason additionally on top of the athletics you know they brought them in because they're athletic and they're actually you know athletes okay great but if they also have a following i feel like you should not change those people's names because you want to have those people essentially brought into you to watch your product like that to me is a bonus on top of them being athletes so i think it should depend uh like a, a case-by-case basis whether or not people essentially get their name changed so Cadillac Carson uh, says, I didn't know we can still talk about Hook. What a great debut Friday. And Alicia Ellis says, out of all the WWE main shows, what percentage of them actually advertise matches that happen? One of those things I like about AEW that gets me excited to watch, Hooker for life. Well, I mean, AEW has plenty, uh, plenty of matches that get advertised and have to be delayed or canceled or rescheduled. It feels like it happens once a week or once every two weeks. So I'm not going to like, criticize WWE heavily for that especially in the environment that we are in uh it, it's it's tough to follow through on a lot of that stuff when it's out of your control pedro says i've been listening to the chairman's intent by action bronson because of hook great song choice for his entrance he's gonna be huge i, I think that's great that they they license music for him makes him feel I'm special I'm interested to see what kind of year he's going to have, Sean, because think about everything that AEW did with Darby Allin and how much growth he's had. Uh, same thing with Jungle Boy. I feel like right now uh, they need to essentially ride this wave of momentum, all of this buzz that Hook has. They need to make sure to utilize that on AEW. So I'm curious to see what this next year is going to be like for him. Uh, I think he has a potential of having a very, very hot year, especially if this is like – if. Given what we saw already from him in the ring, like given his amount of training, it's going to be interesting to see how much he grows within uh, this following year. Matthew Mikofsky says, Veer has to be walking from India at this point. Well, let's talk about Raw, which Alicia Ellis says she didn't watch because that Ram Cardinals game was fire, but came to the post show. 
Uh, Veer is still coming. Uh, Hook got here before Veer. Hook was sent before Veer came. Uh, pause there. But we started off this show with Riddle versus Otis. Uh, now, first off, I want to say I loved the finish of this, which was a pop-up World's Strongest Slam. That was about the extent of it. Uh, Otis did not sell whatsoever in this match. Not a lick of selling. I said that he sold like a GNC employee on day 14 <laughs> of their two-week notice. He wasn't. He didn't care about moving those vitamins. He wasn't selling anything. Just meh, 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 pop-up power slam win. This was, oh, gosh. It, it's, it was so meh that I'm saving what happened before the match to talk about after the match, Denise. Okay, I didn't feel the same way you did, Sean. I liked wow. this match. I'm wow. sorry. I kind of thought it was fun. I liked it. I liked Matt Riddle essentially trying to, you know, bring down Otis. You know, Otis is a you know, big wall. I was cracking up when Chad Gable, like, I like all of the, okay, so match-wise, I like all, like, the series of kicks that Matt Riddle was giving to Otis. I liked him, like, essentially just trying to do, like, anything to bring him down with the palm strikes, the two knees to the face, etc. And then, uh, freaking Otis just coming through and giving him the clothesline and knocking him out. I liked all that. I think Otis needed that. Like his character, like we just get it. He's the mad face, but there's been nothing beyond that other than he looks grumpy and he's no longer the happy Otis that we know. But I was dying when Chad Gable was like, that's my number one guy. That's my number one guy. I was dying over that. I didn't hate this. Uh, I, 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 I did not hate this. I think out of a lot of what I've seen on Raw the past, you know, whatever period, this there's been far worse. So uh, before this, Randy is backstage talking to Riddle, and Riddle is not convinced that his broadcast career is over. He says he's going to start a podcast, Denise. Well, let me show you why that's a bad idea, Denise. Instead, he goes, no, I'm back. I'm digging grave or digging holes and taking souls, is what he said. Digging holes. <laughs> digging holes and taking souls. That's him. <laughs> the guy's got it. He's still got it. <laughs> He's still got it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Matt. Uh, that's actually what the crowd chanted at him. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. That's, a, that's amazing. <laughs> oh. God, stop. <laughs> Jesus, I don't, I don't get broken on my own show. Ah, oh, Jesus. Uh, oh, your interest in a fifty-year-old Undertaker wrestling again? You know the thing about the fifty-year-old Undertaker is the guy pushes the Guida face. John, can you please explain to me what was happening there? Have you ever heard of marijuana, Denise? Yes, I've heard of marijuana. Because I get the feeling that that's what was going on there. That's what I'm going to assume was going on there. Because he was like having the time of his life and you were like... <laughs> I, was try I was trying to you keep it together. I was trying to guide this that. new show. I noticed that right away. I was like, okay, I've known Sean long enough that he was trying to figure out a way to navigate himself back into the show. And Matt Riddle was just sitting there laughing, <laughs> laughing. <laughs> that was it great. Was, it was, it was a task. And I, I've not talking to the, talked to the fella in three years, but um, 
I would imagine it's pretty well the same today if he does a podcast. Um, Ken Shiro says, even the editing in that clip was like watching a Cheech and Chong skit. Well, good luck. And I mean, I know a lot of you have seen that. A lot of you haven't seen that. A lot of you are like, Riddle used to do a podcast here. Shane Helms used to. Uh, Elias Theodoru, who is also a uh, notorious, notorious reefer smoker. Lots so of, what you're saying is you used to have stars on this show and then you got stuck with me. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. We do about 10 times the traffic that the Riddle and Helms and Frank Trigg shows and all those did. I'm just saying. All me right. Well, then you know me what? You. Then you know what? I'm fr- I'm clipping this out and I'm going to make sure to put this in my evaluation the next time you're doing these fightful raises. Uh-huh. I'm going to clip that out and I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> Valab says he's ganja with the... <laughs> the wind. Oh God, oh, Jesus! Well, I remember when I interviewed him at SummerSlam. It, I asked him one question. I don't. I think it was about winning the titles, right? Or I forgot what the hell I asked him. Right? Yeah, it was about that, about the titles. And one question was all it took, and I think it ended up being like a five minutes or something minute interview. And it was just him going off about I don't even know. I think at one point I couldn't follow anymore. I was just like. Yeah, great. But it was fantastic because he just kept going. Pro Wrestling Podcast says Veer is coming to Raw. Does he need a GPS? Someone needs to help him. He's lost. And if you want to see, in my opinion, the funniest Matt Riddle moment, Google UFC 149 Calgary uh, promo. He cut this wild promo on British people that was really, really funny. Well, Denise, we had Bianca versus Dewdrop again, and this one resulted in a finish. Bianca wins, and then Dewdrop attacks her because this ain't over. This ain't over, Denise. Um, I didn't. This match did not hit nearly as well as the last one did for me. There were there was one spot in particular that Hurricane Rana, and it was not on Bianca. Dewdrop was way behind on selling that. Some of the clotheslines that were being thrown were just like, eh, eh, eh. Now, there are some spots like Bianca trying to body slam her and then Dewdrop doing it. I like that. I love the 450. The 450 was great from Bianca, but there was so much of this I just didn't like, especially after I loved it so much last week. See, that's the thing. Well, first of all, before I critique this match, I just want to say, and I get it. I get why they did this. I get the story. I get it. But damn, it just, I don't want to see a rematch with Dewdrop and Bianca after they had Dewdrop essentially walk away. I'm sorry, but to me, it's like, you don't get a rematch after walking away. It's like you walk out from work. You think your boss is going to call you back. He's going to be like, nah, bro, you're fired. Um, So for me, I was just kind of like, oh, I don't care for seeing a rematch. But then the match started and I thought, okay, fine, whatever. Let me pay attention. And unfortunately, so there were two things I liked. And then everything else I didn't like. So oh, actually three things that I liked. So the three things that I did like was the aggression that we got from Dewdrop, the 450, well, the finish. So never mind. So two things I liked. Um, 
The aggression from Dewdrop, I liked the finish. This one was way better than last week's, but anything would have been better because, again, she walked away last week. But the match itself was very, very sloppy. It got saved a little bit by the aggression that Dewdrop was bringing, and we all know that Bianca Belair is already athletic. We all know that. But the but the match was so clunky. Even just like there was a simple moment where uh, freaking Bianca Belair did a leapfrog, and even then that was off, which you never really see Bianca kind of have like an off – uh, moment she usually does things like everything like really crisp but it was just one thing after another it did not click whatsoever this match did not uh this was the weakest out of those two Tamina matches that she's had and then this match that she had with Dewdrop this was probably the weakest Bianca Belair match that I've seen I don't know like I don't really know like what went wrong it just wasn't coming out like a cohesive match yeah, it didn't work. And they're, they're, it's like they're running it back again. And I'm like, well, why? Why? Bianca won. Okay, because Dewdrop hit her from behind. Why should I give a shit? See, now that part I didn't necessarily hate. So I didn't hate the post-match attack. I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it. I was like, all right, I get what they're going with this. This is we're going to bring continues to see this all the way on to day one. I get all of that. Fine. But it, the match itself just didn't do it for me. Yeah. Oh man. It just wasn't, wasn't there. She, she, Bianca's won by count out. She's won by pin. There you go. Uh, Norm Housen says, Hey, juicy people. Glad you made it through the storm. SRS will Hannibal face any charges. Hola. Um, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that he dragged down the footage of that situation, but I don't want to speculate or anything like that, but, uh, you know, Adrian Wells, uh, thank you for sending a super sticker of a fox. I greatly appreciate that. Pro Wrestling Podcast compliments my beard. Uh, thank you. Thanks. I what about my that. beard, bro? My beard's way better than yours. I guess so. Uh, Joel Wood says, three things are guaranteed in life. Death, taxes, and Veer coming to Raw. Well, Veer, yeah, Veer, well, I don't know about him actually finally making it to Raw, but Alicia Ellis says... What do you even think Veer is going to do whenever he appears? Well, at this point, Denise, they should just get in on the gag and have him like walking somewhere. Sean, can we please take a second here and realize what's happening on this podcast? What? The most over thing is Veer. How is what's going on here? He he's the most over thing, literally, just because they've been saying he's been he's coming soon to Raw for God knows how long now. Yeah, that's sad. That's very very sad. Anakin JMT says maybe Veer is having Michael Scott use his GPS to drive him to Raw. Somebody start checking lakes. Oh boy. <laughs> Did, oh, I, well, I know you don't pay attention to my Twitter account, but I made a Liam Neeson joke. You know, his t- the taken when he goes, I'm going to find you. Yeah. I'm going to kill you. But I just put the part where he says, I'm going to find you. Hey, man, Liam Neeson can find anybody. So I'm putting him on the case. We're going to send Dog the Bounty Hunter after him. That's what's going to happen. Cadillac Carson says your beard looks great, Denise. Thank you so much. A Thank reminder, you. guys, we have a stream set up for next Tuesday. For uh, Christmas bonuses for the Fightful staff, you can go ahead and leave a super chat on that now. Uh, you can do it all through the week. Streamlabs keeps them all. So, and, and if not, if Streamlabs doesn't, our great moderator Luis will, who was also on our final battle show with me and Rob Wilkins this past Saturday, check it out. 
I'm going to have a surprise, Sean, for that Christmas tree. Ooh, really? Yeah, I was going to text you my surprise, but I didn't want to annoy you on your DM. So I decided not to tell you about it. But I'm going to have a surprise. You you have annoyed me one time in the DMs, and you know exactly when that was. <laughs> Dude, that was the... <laughs> I knew was... it was bullshit. I knew I was playing into some bit. I knew immediately. <laughs> I knew I was playing into some bit, but I was like, you, you know what? Know? Because it's you, you don't have scoops. Yeah, but I never, I never joke around with you on DM. If I message you on DM, it's for something serious, okay? So I knew you were going to fall for it. I was like, he does not see this coming. I knew it was out of nowhere for you. Okay, let's let's just say Denise says she never jokes with me on DM. Okay, I'm not read my DMs. (laughs) Those are private. Okay, I'm gonna read. Today, or actually, a DM what did I, I say? Sent yesterday. No, because I talk a lot of shit, Sean. Okay. First off, Denise is going to get muted. I said, redacted, told me you said very nice things about me during redacted. I really appreciate that. Denise says, they lied. I buried you six feet under. Cry face emoji. Then a separate message with two more cry face emojis. And it's not even like the normal one. It's the sideways cry face emojis. JK, you're welcome. Also, you misspelled your. Okay, first of all, it's DM. So any of you haven't noticed, I misspell everything in DMs uh, because I type really fast and don't even bother. Uh, But you know what? Thank you, Sean, for revealing that information. Uh, I'm no longer going to be DMing you. Pro Wrestling Podcast says you. Uh, one of these days, I really want to interview you, Sean. Would be a great Christmas present. Uh, I've scaled back on doing those uh, quite a bit lately. I had a couple of really bad experiences with some people who ended up being fucking weirdos. Denise, I'm going to mute you because it's not a joking matter. But uh, I'm going to do. I know you made a joke, Denise. I know you did. Uh, but I'm going to do. Uh, well, I did one with Chris Van Vliet. It's going to drop next week. And I interviewed him as well. I might change that uh, next year though. Jay blood says hashtag step heel. I knew it. We all knew it. Eloquent says Denise exposed SMH. And then RH says, I didn't bother with raw, but it's great to have the most fun of Monday nights with Santa sap and the step host who hates Christmas. I am Santa Ross sap. I can't speak anymore because I feel like everything I say is going to get me in trouble. <laughs> I love oh. how you were like, Denise is going to make an inappropriate joke. Let me mute her because she's a bitch. I mean, the, okay. That's what you basically said, Denise, you're a mean girl and you're going to say mean things right now. Let me mute you. I know you don't pay attention to my Twitter and I don't blame anybody who doesn't, but I pretty, I, as I don't pay attention to your Twitter, I pay attention because I'm a caring friend. Okay. That's I what like- friends do. They support each other on Twitter. I laid out why I don't do uh, podcast interviews. And I know people, everybody's like, uh, yeah, exactly. I'll tell you off the I've been busy this weekend. Sorry. Uh Uh, Normhausen says, Veer is in the Alistair Black closet. Somebody find the key. Joel Wood says, WDB is such a horrible company. It's obvious Veer is lost and nobody's even bothering to look for the guy. And Valab says, bro, do you know how long it takes to walk from here to India? Cut Veer some slack. Do you think he's swimming as well? (laughs) That's fucked up. Poor Veer, man. I don't oh. know. Maybe he's on a cruise ship. Those take a while. He's swimming. Mm. He could be. He could be sailing. He could be like on a little raft, like in the life of Pi. I he guess could be, so. I don't know. Maybe he was the Little Mermaid now, and now he's living underwater. 
Uh, James says, I was going to apologize for my step host jokes, but with Denise turning heel on Christmas, she's turned into the step Grinch that she has guys battle her Grinchiness. Leave us a thumbs up. It would, it would make, it would make things a lot better for me. Uh, Vince is backstage with Austin theory. And James Nepper says, I think Vince McMahon just played the South Park fractured, but whole video game where you take selfies with everyone and is recreating it with Austin theory as his character. Well, Denise, there was a very uncomfortable backstage segment with Austin Theory and Vince McMahon where he threatened to, I think, hold him down with like the biggest weapon ever. And it was the pencil because he's he's the booker. Ha ha ha. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Then we get a, quite frankly, a stretch of some really bad finishes on this show. I'm talking distraction, 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 DQ. Like there are like five funky finishes on this show. Damian Priest, Finn Balor, lose to the dirty D Wags, Denise, when Austin Theory is taking a selfie with Finn Balor and Dolph Ziggler hits the zigzag. Now I know Balor's got to pick up some wins, but Marcus8915 says Balor went from a really good second NXT run to getting pinned off a distraction from a selfie. Oh boy. And now what what are they gonna do? They're gonna tie the intercontinental title up in or the, the US title up in this this goofiness, probably because Ziggler already wants his match with Priest. Oh Sean, okay. I'm really upset how fast you scrolled through that Austin Theory Vince McMahon segment because there oh, was it's, it's more all in to one. It's all okay. it's all in one goofiness. Well, for the yeah. people that did not watch Raw and are just listening to this post show, and for the people that did not see the screenshots or the gifs or anything like that. Please, those couple of seconds when Vince McMahon was doing, I don't know what with his hand underneath the table, I was like, where is this going? I got so nervous for those couple of seconds. I It was so inappropriate. I didn't know where it was going. Uh, it, it, it just, it didn't look right at all. And I hate to say this, but I couldn't understand half of what was said afterwards. All I heard was something, something pencil, something, something eraser i don't even know what happened during this segment i couldn't hear any of it but it was very very uncomfortable but it was hilarious though it was hilarious because it, it was super random like super random um okay and now for the actual <laughs> match <laughs> okay it was it was an uncomfortable segment too. yeah thank you it, it was very uncomfortable um so for this actual match i'm literally just gonna sound like a damn broken record but i've been saying this literally on all of our post show sean is what the hell are they doing with finn balor and it's progressively gotten worse i it's been like four weeks now five weeks now i don't even know how many weeks where i come on this show and i'm saying what the hell are they doing with finn balor what are they doing with finn balor these the way that they've been booking them has been utter and complete crap and then we come out here today and he gets distracted by a freaking selfie and ends up getting pinned by Dolph Ziggler. I'm sorry, but that was not believable whatsoever. It was very, very silly. It was a terrible nothing match uh, that led that had a terrible nothing finish and it made Finn Balor look like crap. And when you think about it, this is what pisses me off, Sean, is that at the end of this week, I'm going to do like a best of in wrestling 2021 podcast. When I think of some of my favorite matches that took place in 2021, a lot of them have 
map, then Balor's name on it. And all of those were like so early on in like what, I don't know, January, February of this year. And I just think to myself, how the hell did we go from like Finn Balor doing legitimately some great stuff on NXT to and being like a great champion and to this? It's just such a drop from the freaking hill. I don't know. It's not. It's bad. John Vasque says, Finn said he didn't need WWE. Now the consequences. Uh, I'm going to try to find out what's up with uh, what's up with his his deal. Like, but I, I don't know. But this was one of many. And Damian Priest isn't losing, but, and I get it. Ba- Ziggler's going to compete for the Intercontinental, t- or the, the U.S. title or whatever. But when I see Nakamura tied up in the nonsense he's tied up in with the Intercontinental title tied up on it, on SmackDown, it really makes me go, oh, this ain't great. So I'll tell you something. So my uh, fiance's nephew was the biggest Finn Balor fan. Like Finn Balor was the reason that he would watch wrestling. Like that was his guy. That was his favorite wrestler. He would watch the pay-per-views literally just because of Finn Balor. Go on YouTube and watch the clips that had to do with Finn Balor. And ever since like actually when Finn Balor left to NXT and he wasn't no longer on the main roster, he stopped watching wrestling all together, Sean. And you yeah. got to like think like there's if it's not for a certain wrestler, when you're at a young age like that, there are certain wrestlers that pique your interest and keep you watching. For me, it was Chris Jericho. He was the one that gauged my interest as a kid and kept me watching, you know, throughout the years as I developed more favorite wrestlers, etc. But Finn Balor is a cool freaking character where he appeals this is going to sound wrong, but he appears to appeals to little boys and, you know, everybody in general. Sure. So like having to having uh, lessening a character like that only sort of, you know, damages, you know, eventually getting people over. Um, It's just, yeah, it does nothing. Oh, AJ and Omos backstage, they, they made amends. This was quick. It was simple. AJ was like, it wasn't just about helping my career. I like the kid. He's good. And they made up. I like seeing this sometimes. Like if they have accomplished all this together and they've grown so close, why wouldn't they get over a little squabble? That doesn't happen in real life. Yes, it does. My God, no. you're a terrible friend. No, well, yeah. If I've had a beef with my friends. That's it. We're done. We're not friends anymore. Well, we had Ms. TV. Ms. is in the 2022 Hall of Fame, apparently. Well, Maurice sure as heck is. She's a star. She's awesome. But then Edge comes out. And then it all goes downhill, Denise. It ends with Maurice slapping Ms. and hitting the bricks. I didn't see this coming. I didn't see this coming. I wouldn't say this went downhill. I actually have to disagree with you on that. When Maurice got... Hey, it all went downhill for The Miz. Oh, oh, you mean for The Miz. Oh, I thought yes. you meant like in general, the actual segment. Okay, so first of all, I will say that this is the best story that The Miz has been in in like a good amount of time. Because uh, I've actually had some interest in this whole Edge Miz storyline. I like it. I like what they've been doing this past couple of weeks. I thought everything that happened today between Edge and Miz fell in line with the story that they're telling. But I wasn't expecting the whole thing with Maurice. And him putting her in front of him, I thought she was going to be cool with it just because, you know, they're all in love and obsessed with each other and they're both heels. That's what I thought was going to happen. So when she reacted the way she did, I was like, hell yeah. And then when she got in his face i i thought okay well he's just gonna sweet talk her and this is not gonna be anything but then when she slapped him i popped for it i was like hell yeah marie slapped him this is great um i like this yeah i did too i think it worked really well 
Uh, I, I think that Miz did great. Maurice did great. Edge did great. Sometimes the Miz has got to get one up. But I mean, even then, a lot of his future is thrown into question because Maurice, this has never been an issue with Maurice and Miz, but I'm hoping it's a swerve. I think it has to yeah. be. Like, why wouldn't it be? Do you think she's going to appeal to Edge's soft spot now that, you know, he's a husband, he's a father? She's going to be like, oh, my God, you know, my husband just totally put me in front of him, in front of him as a shield and we have children, et cetera. And it's just going to be like, I'm so sorry, Maurice. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. Possibly. I think that's possible. I, I think I thought this was one of the best things on Raw tonight. Uh, I thought that they all played it really well. Edge is super over. No matter what he does, that guy is ridiculously over and will continue to be so. I liked when The Miz said, oh, Edge, you think you know me? <laughs> mm -hmm. Mike says, who will show up first, Veer, Elias, or Shotzi? Uh, Veer, from what I'm hearing, because um, I don't know of any plans for the other two. What do we got? We got uh, J.W. Pringle sending a great super chat, as he always says. Thank you for this generous super chat, J.W. Pringle. He says, mental health moment. It's a hard time of year for a lot of us. If you think you need help, please reach out, whether it's substance abuse, depression, anxiety, or you need someone to talk to, please reach out. We need you here with us. Much love. Uh, as always, utilize the, the resources on uh, NAMI Communicate on Twitter. Uh, NAMI has a great uh, set of resources that can help uh, any number of things that you might be going through and maybe ease the process, familiarize it with you. You might not know where to start, where to go. Nami does a really, really good job of that. Um, I'll tell you what is not a good job. Rhea Ripley got pinned in 48 seconds by Zelina off a distraction because Nikki got attacked. Now, I want, I want to preface this and I'll say the one good thing. Zelina has been major protected since the Queen's Crown thing. However, when there is such a stark contrast from her losing... Every single match before she got fired, every single match when she came back, and then now it's like, well, here you go. Boy, is that a tough thing to get acclimated to. It's it is, not believable. It, it's, it's tough, especially when it's a WrestleMania championship winner, Rhea Ripley, 48 seconds, Denise. A crucifix pin. Monet Sanders says, with Rhea mentioning Charlotte and how she never beat her, Makes me feel like Rhea will win the Rumble and challenge Charlotte. Hope she beats her if so. Well, this sure as hell ain't the way to build up somebody for a Royal Rumble win, Denise. And it was so dumb because she she basically, you know, she's going to Nikki and she's like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, why are you guys treating her like she's so fragile? Like this one little thing is just going to break her. I'm sorry, but it looked really bad. And keep in mind that this match followed the uh the tag team match with Finn and uh Priest and uh Dolphin Roberts Robert Roode. So you had that finish and then you go into this match and then you have that finish. So it's literally back to back and you're just thinking like damn. Um first of all, pros, Rhea Ripley's a good friend. She's nice and all and I great for her, but I don't like the way that they're making Nikki essentially look like she's uh I don't know, fragile, some sort of damsel in distress. I, I don't like that. These are two former Raw Women's Champions. Um, it just, it wasn't believable the way this whole thing went down. And as much as like, I, I like that they're keeping Zelina strong, but 
it's just not believable in the way that they are doing it. Like I can't buy it. I have to suspend my disbelief a whole lot to, uh, to, to see that if it would have been like, if she's going out there and having these competitive matches and getting these wins, I'd be like, Oh hell yeah. Good for her. Oh my God. But the way these wins are happening is just very, um, it's just, it's so generic. Consistently throughout Rhea Ripley's career, NXT and WDB, she has been portrayed like up here, like not quite up here, but like right here. Zelina has been portrayed all the way down here and is just rising. At times, she wasn't even a wrestler. Yeah, so that's true. I'm glad they're keeping her strong. I think she's more than competent in the ring. Uh, but Brian Bodis says, how incompetent do you have to be to screw up Rhea Ripley? No universe should she be losing to Zelina Vega. She needs to get the hell out of that uh, that company. God, WWE's booking is so terrible. That was the last straw for me. I think there's there's places and times for her to lose to Zelina, but not 48 seconds off a distraction on a random episode of Monday Night Raw. To me, that tells me one thing, Denise. It tells me that Rhea has not been taking her athletic greens... Her AG1, man, it would help her a lot more than one of those multivitamins that she takes. It's easier on your stomach. One tasty scoop of AG1 contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more in one convenient daily serving. I switched to this from a normal multivitamin, and I feel more energetic. It's helped my immune system. It's replaced all the vitamins, the pills that I usually take in one drink. I drink it down. I'm good to go. And right now, Athletic Greens is going to give you an immune-supporting free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. If you visit at athleticgreens.com slash Fightful today. It's got dairy-free probiotics, adaptogens, and antioxidants, a superfood complex, digestive enzymes, a mushroom complex. This stuff is fantastic for you. I've uh, looked to gain energy throughout the day in different ways than just a normal energy drink uh, every single day. I've been cutting back on those, and this was a great way to change that. Athleticgreens.com slash Fightful has made me feel great. Hit them up at Athletic Greens on Twitter. Even if you don't buy the product, just let them know you heard about them from us. I don't care if you DM them, you tweet them, anything. If you let them know you heard about them from us, it greatly helps us. Rem says, thanks for watching Raw so we don't have to. Just a friendly reminder that Hook and Superman once had a fight where the loser has to wear underpants over their clothes. Clever. (laughs) I got it. James Barris says, WDB babyface retrospective. Sami Zayn and Bailey as white hot babyfaces debuting at roughly the same time. How have they botched this? Inconceivable. Uh, it's not inconceivable if you've watched WDB for any extended period of time. They cannot book babyfaces. They struggle to book babyfaces. They think babyfaces getting embarrassed, losing, makes them sympathetic. No, it makes them look stupid and it makes them look like losers. And most people don't want to cheer on a loser. Not every loser is a lovable loser. (laughs) Becky and Liv. Becky comes out, cuts her promo. Liv comes out, proves that Becky cheated to win. They have a rematch scheduled for day one. Uh, How do you how do you feel Becky did here? I'm I'm liking her heel work more and more each week. I just love that she like after the beatdown, 
She was like, ah, I'm going to go home, hang out with my hot husband and take care of my baby. See you later. Uh, she she was like, oh, you know, everybody wants the underdog to win. But sometimes the person who's not the underdog is just better. My only complaint is the same complaint I always had with Finn Balor when he would do drop kicks on the floor. It looks like it hurt Becky to do that drop kick into the stairs more than it hurt Liv. Other than that, I thought this was pretty good. And especially if we're grading on the WWE curve, I thought this was pretty good. They're doing a an interesting job at trying to garner sympathy for Liv Morgan. There are certain things that I like that they do to garner some sympathy for her. And there are other things where I'm like, nope, that's not working for me. Like, I I don't want them to make Liv into like, I don't know how to explain it. Like she comes out and she's like, I'm not going to lie. I cried. I'm like, don't tell people that. I, it, like, I get what she was trying to do, like the fearless thing, right? She, she just made fun of Becky for crying two weeks right? ago. Right? Like, I didn't like that. For some reason, it just didn't set right with me. And I'm not saying don't cry and show your emotions. That's not what this was about. It just kind of felt like, no, Liv, like, you should be angry. Like, you should be mad right now. So I kind of felt like we should have seen a little bit more of that. And then afterwards, the way they think she was there crying on the steel steps, I thought okay like I get it they're also kind of giving her the not like a damsel in distress thing but I just don't there were certain things that I didn't like about what they were doing with Liv Morgan today because even though I like Liv Morgan I can't cheer somebody that is like oh well I went home and I cried and this and that so I wasn't really feeling that and then Becky Becky Lynch was savage she basically told her I have a hot husband I have a bout I have a baby and you got nothing she was like those savage freaking like Beverly housewife girls that are like I got everything in your trash damn that's what it was Sean I thought it was good I did I, I think some of the promo work we saw tonight between like Owens and Rollins and then Becky and Liv and then Miz and Edge. I thought that those were the highlights of Raw tonight. And and some of the action we saw in the main event, but we saw so many stupid ass finishes, so many dumbass finishes. And then when we saw a clean finish, it was Dewdrop attacking attacking uh Bianca afterwards. It was Randy trying to attack Otis afterwards. It's like, bro, you won fair and square. Eee. It's just never just straight up win-loss. Let's progress. Uh, super Dimson, thank you so much for the super chat. If you have a question, uh, Luis will take it down. We have Nerd Guru saying late to the party, had some TV problems, but I saw Becky's segment and I love it. Who did Finn Balor sneeze at? I think Rollins <laughs> wins the title. I, I agree. It, it seems like Balor is just not in favor of whoever, and that's just a, a personal assumption. It's not a report. Do you think Finn Balor went up to Vince McMahon and was like, hey, Vince, how are you doing? Ha-choo! He slapped Vince and he said, expect the unexpected, Vince. <laughs> Poor oh. Finn, man. This sucks so bad. It sucks so bad for him. The good and the bad. Oh, actually, we got a nerd guru chat that says, needs to be said that Becky's work post-birth and in-ring and her recent character work has been some of the best of her career. Same for Seth. She She's uh, trying to rise all tides for sure. She is in incredible shape. She looks like a megastar. She acts like a megastar. I'm I'm enjoying it. Dude, I was like, man, she just had a baby and she's in great freaking shape. Like, what the hell's my excuse, man? (laughs) Oh, man. So we've got, to me, a perfect example of some of the best and worst of WWE. 
when I saw the 24-7 title, I thought we were going to see more stuff like what we saw tonight. And not even by by the way of quality, because I don't necessarily think this was a great segment. I just wanted him to go out of the venue. I want him to go outside. I want him to go somewhere besides backstage. We're that and desperate. That's really sad. No, I mean, just, just in going general. outside is a hit at this for, point. No, for, for <laughs> years and years, it's just that same backstage looking thing. I want to see him. I remember like when Mark Henry and Dilo would be like at strip clubs or the APA would be at a bar or any number like the head when they had the freaking WWE restaurant in New York. And then they did that. Like that was cool too. Headbangers and crash Holly at the, the airport or the fun place or the, the hotel, like take me out of the arena with some of this stuff. Well, like one of the most funnest like memories ever in wrestling stone cold, Steve Austin and Booker T freaking beating the well, stone cold, beating the crap out of him in the freaking supermarket was like the best thing I ever saw back then. and, like, you're not going to tell me that they care that much about the live experience of the fan because otherwise they'd put on better shows. But we were outside. We see Reggie saying, listen, I'll help you. I'll help you learn the tricks of the trade. And we catch Tazawa and R-Truth dressed up to foil them. But then Tamina attacks. And I, I would be able to tell you this was good if I could have seen anything, Denise. But the camera was shaking everywhere. And I couldn't see. It was like Cloverfield. I couldn't see a damn thing. And then Dana flipped and got away. The idea of it was probably better than the execution of it. Like, why are they shaking the camera? And you didn't seem to like the segment in general. No, I was going to say, what's the idea? You got the idea? I didn't get the idea. (laughs) Dude. I was all right. I thought they were going to give Reggie another romance angle. That's what I thought this was going. I thought we were going to get some sort of like romantic thing between him and Dana Brooke. That's kind of like the the sense of the direction that I thought they were going in. So uh, I I was like, really? This is what we're doing? All right, cool. Let me see what happens. And then it didn't happen. And then they did the whole, you know, uh, Tozawa and R-Truth in the camouflage clothes. And I thought, all right, let's see where this goes. And then nothing really happened. And here's my question, Sean. Why is Tamina the only woman going after Dana Brooks 24-7 title? She it was just the only one it. last time, and then this time too. So, Tamina's the only one who cares. Damn, book her in a match then. It, it completely slots the title. It makes it look like nobody gives a shit. Like, you know, like it's not worth it for anybody else. Like that's what it makes it look like. Ugh. And it's I, I, not really, but for the sake of it, like you might as well give Tamina a title shot if she's the only one going up for this, trying to get the 24-7 title. Reminder, guys, you can get in your Super Chats or Humper Chats in humperchats.com. We would greatly appreciate it. Also, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com every single day. I have exclusive news over there. I had some plans. I had the plans for tonight's Raw uh, minutes before it went on the air. I'll have info on producers, but we also got exclusive news every single day. We had a bunch of exclusive news on who was at final battle before they showed up. And then you get a show every single day, which uh, leads me to a programming note. Jimmy will be out of the office this week. So I'm going to be doing a free preview of the Fightful Select Q&A show that I do every week. That will be in place of Listen You Boy. It will happen a little bit early because I have uh, Quizzlemania on Wednesday. But uh, you'll get a, a taste of the Fightful Select Q&A show that I do Every single week on FightfulSelect.com. Sean, you double booked yourself. I, I mean, they double booked me. They Quizzlemania is a lot bigger. You were bigger. supposed to do a video with me on Wednesday. You forgot. 
No, I didn't. I'm still I've still got time to do your video. When no, is it? it's at the same time as Quizlemania. I thought that Remember? was Thursday. No, we said Wednesday. Oh wait, never mind. We did say Thursday. My yeah, bad. we did say Thursday. I don't double oh, book sorry. myself, Denise. Sorry, my bad. I was like, you double book. I don't double book myself, Denise. Oh shit, my bad. Yeah. Wrong. Because I booked because oh. I booked RJ City around your uh, okay. Thing. Sorry yes. about that. I, I I was I was like, really, Sean? You just okay? I'm sorry. I took it back. My Pro bad. Wrestling podcast says Otis looks like Francis from Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. Hey, there you go. Uh, and <laughs> I super, love Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Super Dimson says, Heel Becky feels like half the star babyface Becky was. I don't know why she's okay with that. They're more focused on making her booed than anything else. It feels like legitimate sabotage. Yeah, because they can't book babyfaces. Uh, I, I don't know. At this point, it feels like they gave up. Like they just said, eh, it won't match the last time, so why even try? But we can't know that if you don't try. The people were, I mean, God, for the longest time, everybody's like, when's Becky coming? When's Becky coming? We're just waiting for Becky. Oh, and wait till Becky gets here and the women's division's going to be great. You just wait for Becky. The amounts of times that I've heard that, how even I said it on a bunch of shows, like, look where we're at. Indeed. Well, we had the Lashley promo to start the show. And... The KO Seth Rollins interaction was some of the best stuff on this show. KO and Rollins come out because Lashley wants in the match at day one. And KO's like, go on in there and fight him. He can't beat up both of us. But you go first because you're faster. So you're going to make it to the ring quicker anyway. MVP goes, he's going to leave. He's going to leave. Well, then Big E comes out. And we have it announced that basically Bobby Lashley, as reported on FightfulSelect.com, would have to run through a gauntlet of some sort. He's going to face Kevin Owens, then Seth Rollins, and Big E. And if he wins them all, he gets into the title match. Well, it backfires for almost everybody. But I loved the interactions with Owens and Rollins backstage on the ramp. I thought this was one of the best parts of Raw, Denise. It was actually, uh, there was, okay. So you mentioned the first portion of it where they were kind of like, you go first there, you go first. That was great. Later on in the show, when they were trying to, there was two times. So they were backstage and, uh, Seth Rollins was mad at Kevin Owens for essentially in his eyes, giving up and essentially tapping out right away to Bobby Lashley's hurt lock. And then so that was pretty funny. Like the whole backstage segment that they had with that was pretty great. And then they continued it afterwards. I died, Sean. I died like a hundred times when Kevin Owens was like, um, fuck, what did he say? He was like, uh, oh my God. He was like, he was rooting on Big E. And then he was saying like, you can do it. And he was doing the clapping and the singing. I, I was dying. It killed me. That was the he's, best part of Raw. That was He's it. hilarious. And he's performing in a way that most people aren't going to be tell if he's doing it because he's really motivated or because he's completely checked out. Like, like that's, that's, the, that's the beauty of it. Like it's, he is subtly playing off of a lot of this and it even goes into his match where he gets put in the hurt lock and then immediately he taps out and he kept, he kept telling Seth Rollins. He's like, why wouldn't I? Because if you two can't get it done, what chance did I have anyway? Why would I sit there and get hurt more? I th It made all the sense in the world, Denise. Why wouldn't he do that? 
I loved it. I thought the smartest person on tonight's show was Kevin Owens. Like, why? He's the first one of three who's going into this match. Why does and this and this also played into the steel cage match that they had? Remember when we were talking about him, like essentially wanting to exit the cage right away because he didn't want to have to be in there and get hurt going into this match at day one. All right, cool. He kept he kept the exact same strategy tonight where he didn't want to get hurt. At the end of the day, he's still in this match. Why the hell do you want to go in? You don't want to go into that match for the championship not feeling your 100% best self. So, and he was only the first of three. So it's like, okay, I'm not going to take a beating here when two other guys can finish this job. It doesn't have to be me. It makes perfect sense. I love the fact that he tapped out right away. I thought it was freaking awesome. I didn't expect it. And I really, really love that finish. Well, Seth Rollins didn't get it done because he got DQ'd. Oh boy. So Nerd Guru says, could be played for a fool here, but I feel less and less that KO is leaving. I really love him and Seth feuding as idiot frenemies. I think I think Owens is staying. I think he is. That that's you the think? way. That's the the way I feel. I'm I'm pretty sure he's gonna stay. Um, but man, I think yeah. I just I just think so. And Anakin says so. Lashley has to win a gauntlet match to get in the title match, but Owens gets in via DQ. To me, it plays up the sneaky, slimy aspect of kevin owens so i don't really have a problem with it i liked it this was what i was saying that seth rollins should have done uh when he was in that position when he was doing commentary and he could have costed kevin owens uh to get into this match so kevin owens essentially did just that but he did it for uh obviously tonight and i knew for a fact that that wasn't gonna end i was expecting sonia or pierce to come out i knew that was gonna happen but uh i thought kevin owens was probably the smartest person here tonight uh you know he found himself a loophole and it worked Obviously, it didn't work completely, but I liked that. Alicia Ellis says, is there a date for the next wrestling roundtable? I believe it's December 28th. I don't, I'm not sure, but I think that's when it will be. And uh, wrestling roundtable will be on Fightful. It will not be on Fightful Select for the time being. Uh, Ninja 210 says, nice meeting you at Mission Pro, Denise. Oh, nice meeting you too, dude. Mission Pro is awesome. And the fans are so passionate. It's really great to see. It's very exciting when people come up to me and they're like, hey, I listened to you on Fightful. And I'm like, shit, I'm sorry. You got to <laughs> deal with all that drama between Sean and I. But it's really nice to meet people in person. They've cultivated a great environment at Mission Pro. Oh, yeah. Pro. They really uh, have. If you guys are live and you are more mad at WWE Raw than we are, well, you can subscribe to Fightful Select because right after this, Alex Palowski will be going live with Sour Graps, a very angry WWE review. Well, Bobby Lashley also made it through Big E because Seth Rollins and uh, Kevin Owens got involved. It was made in no DQ because of what happened in that second match. And MJ Johnson said, just wanted to say you all are great and WWE frustrates me. Why wasn't it just a gauntlet? KO, then Big E, then Seth. Seth's one-on-one going to a four-way being Seth's fault is a better story. Uh, I do like that story of, of it being Seth's fault, but there were a couple reasons. One, they had no clue what they were doing for a lot of the day. Uh, the rundowns didn't even come in until late. But two, they had to thread it throughout the night. They had to have the fallout of Kevin Owens tapping out quick. They had to have the fallout of the DQ because I think it would have been lame if this were all one segment, Denise, and you just have Adam Pierce constantly running in and out of there. Plus, you got to give Lashley a breather. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, because here's the thing, too. Like, let's say this, because you got to think of the opponents here. So you have, you know, Kevin Owens, you have Seth Rollins, you have Biggie. When you have three opponents like that, you're expecting three quality matches. This ain't going to be, you know, I don't want to bury anybody, but this ain't going to be your, like, you know, your 24-7 title geeks, essentially, yeah. you know, doing this back-to-back with Bobby Lashley. If let's say it was somebody like that, then all right, you can do it consecutively. But given the opponents that he had, you had, I think they was it was right for them to do it this way. And the thing, the problem is that because it's so predictable and you already know Bobby Lash, Bobby Lashley's going to win. I know for a lot of people, you can it could be an easy tune out. Hey, I'll come back at the end of the show when I see how he eventually gets in on his match because we all know he's gonna be uh, it's gonna become a fatal four way. That's the only problem for me sometimes where it's like, okay, we know it's predictable and we know it's gonna happen. But I liked what they did throughout the night with this. Oblivious Curry says it's like WWE forgot Biggie beat Bobby Lashley for the belt. And Steven says Biggie scribbling notes is how I imagine Vince rewrites her after he tears it up. Oh, Biggie was backstage watching the show and he had his back turned looking over his shoulder and was aggressively writing notes and just ripping off the paper. Just, I love it. I love it. I liked it too because he wasn't even looking. He was just like, I know. And flipped the page. So he like wrote like one thing and then like flipped. I'm like, what are you writing? What is, what are you even writing right now? It was so funny. The finish for this, it make, made sense. I wish that this were the only finish of the night that was like this. But you had Rhea Ripley getting pinned off of a distraction. You had Bianca Belair win, then get attacked. You had Otis win and then get attacked. You had Finn Balor lose off a distraction. You had Seth Rollins lose on a DQ. You had Kevin Owens lose because he got pinned quick or because he got, he tapped out quick. You had like even uh, every single finish either had an attack afterwards or was a funky finish. This is the only one that needed it. If you bastardize every finish, you condition the audience to not give a shit. And that's unfortunately what I think they have done. Yeah, and I liked how everybody got involved in the main event, including MVP. I thought all of that worked. It made sense, too, because at the end of the day, Big E is still a baby face. So I feel like that kind of protected him as well, too, where it's like he should he should be up for the challenge of saying, like, screw it. I don't care if it's one guy, two guys, three guys. I'll face my cha- I'll defend my championship against anybody. Uh, so I felt like in a way that kind of uh, protected him. Cadillac Carson says, maybe I need to think outside the box, but it's hard for me to get into a gauntlet-like storyline when the guy running the gauntlet is a heel. I I mean, I I see Bobby Lashley very much in that middle ground. He doesn't need someone to help him cheat. If it were up to him, he probably wouldn't have somebody help him cheat. MVP kind of takes it on his own, kind of like he did here. Um, but I do like that it took all that to beat Big E, because if you're going to beat Big E, you better throw Big E, or you better throw Rollins, Lashley, uh, Owens and MVP at him. To me, this, I don't like the champion getting pinned, but if you're going to do it, having all those things is probably the best way to do it. And we had stakes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was something that mattered. And I guarantee this match is going to hump. Oh, God, that match is going to hump at day one. <laughs> yeah. And we'll be here working on day one. Fabulous. Well, it's selling really well. Like the tickets are moving for that. Really? So Where is it again? Georgia? Atlanta. 
yeah, Atlanta. Okay. But I mean, the the idea behind it was one from Nick Khan, and that he said that he wanted to add some more desirable dates. And he said, well, people travel; they go to places like Atlanta for New Year's, and they don't always fly out on New Year's Day because tickets are expensive. So they hang around. What are they going to do that night? They're going to go to a WWE show, maybe. I like that that line of thinking. That used to be the Thanksgiving line of thinking. They would do shows Thanksgiving night because you would have your Thanksgiving dinner early mid-afternoon, then say, let's go to the wrestling show. And apparently it's working in Atlanta. So I, I like that for them. Well, like, here's the thing. Like, I think back, and I don't think I ever have plans, like, on January 1st. I feel like I, that's just the day where I just stay home and watch TV. Like, I don't do anything. So yeah. I'm like, all right, well, this doesn't, I mean, this doesn't like affect me whatsoever. It's not like a holiday where I'm going to like be like, damn it, I want to go out and, you know, like Valentine's Day or something like sure. that. Or, like I want to go out and do something, you know, or New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah. Terry Allen Jr. says a photo left side of the arena was not full. Bear loud reaction. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There was nothing. And I'm surprised Gable Stevenson wasn't on this show at all. This is where he goes to college at. Shocked that he wasn't on the show. Well, he just did the ringside appearance. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Like he didn't do it. Like I would have had him suplex somebody. Like, you drafted him. Yeah, he's drafted too. Which yeah. you know, I don't. I don't know how many people realize that, but it's like, dude, the guy was drafted. It was big news, and then we never like, damn, Veer Mahan getting more promo than him. Uh, you know, they did never said anything, or, or they did mention it today on commentary, but it was kind of like. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, right, but what's the point? He was drafted yeah. like how long ago? I do want to ask you, Sean, since I haven't watched SmackDown this uh this past Friday, how did the Los Angeles uh crowd look? How was all of that? Because I didn't get I mean, to see. Look good. It was loud. Randy Orton was over. Like you was could it full. I, I don't know if it was full. It looked it looked good, but Roman wasn't there, so you could see why they added RK Bro. There like a lot of people were like, oh, brand split, yada, yada. I would be too. But if Roman Reigns isn't there, you add Roman Reigns. Why wasn't Roman adding, there? He's had the week off. Oh. But if he's not there, you do add Randy Orton. And if when you watch that reaction that Randy Orton got for just standing on the apron, you'll see why. That's why they added Becky, and that's why they added Bianca to the dark match and Charlotte. They had to make good for 
Reigns. Uh, but Joel Pearl says they had 10K distributed for LA SmackDown. But 10K. Uh, huh. 10,000. Yeah, I know. But how much does Staples Center hold? I don't know. Uh, uh, WrestleTix has it. But uh, guys, I want to thank oh. you all so much. There were, there were so many of you that, that reached out uh, after a lot of the tornadoes hit Kentucky. Uh, fortunately, I mean, I know some of you thought that I, I lived in the affected area. I live near uh, Maysville, Kentucky, as opposed to Mayfield, Kentucky, which is on the other end of the state. But uh, Western Kentucky was hit really hard. A lot of places in the Midwest were hit really hard. If you happen to be near Lexington between now and tomorrow afternoon, I'm picking up uh, several boxes of toys from Toy Vomit, Toy HQ. You've probably seen me tag them a lot. I'm going to be picking up a bunch of toys, and uh, a local elementary school is going to bus a, a load of toys down to Mayfield, Kentucky, to help with people who have lost out on their Christmas. They lost everything. They lost their electricity. They lost their water. They got nothing there. They, they barely have a city standing. So a lot of these people, even though Christmas might not be in the forefront of their mind right now, as opposed to the changes in their life, uh, we want to try to make it as, as positive as possible. And uh, fortunately, Fightful owner Jimmy Van said, uh, whatever you buy tomorrow, I'll match it. So I definitely appreciate that. So if you happen to be here, I know I've got a few viewers that are, are local to me uh, where I live. Uh, I'll come pick up your stuff if if you need transportation. We're going to try to send those out by Wednesday or Thursday. And if you're in Lexington Sunday, uh, I want you guys to support Toy Vomit and Toy HQ as well because they are great guys uh, and girls doing a lot of great, great stuff. Dan Housen, Ethan Page, Hornswoggle are all going to be there on Sunday uh, signing autographs, taking pictures, all that good stuff. I'll be swinging by just before that as well. So um, uh, thank you for everybody that reached out. I have a tweet pinned at the top of my Twitter, uh, or I, I will, that will have ways that you guys can help. And uh, it's basically supporting the American Red Cross. Becky Lynch, Drew McIntyre, and many others uh, retweeted that as there are a lot of people that are in uh, a, lot of, a lot of pain right now. But uh, Denise, what do you got going on this week? Well... I have GCW this Friday, so that'll be fun. Oh, LA, uh, that's yeah, that's Cardona and Chelsea against uh, Alley Cat and, and Effie. So we got the LA show on Friday, and then I have my show Speak Now Pro Wrestling this week, Tuesday and Wednesday. Then Friday I got the GCW show, and then um, this Saturday I'm doing the Best of Wrestling 2021 podcast, so that should be fun too. Um, and that's pretty much what I got going on this weekend. But other than that, just like go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I have a brand new interview with Mickey James that's up on my YouTube oh, nice. channel. We had a really like it's so easy to chat with her. Very, very easy, very conversational. So if you just want to go in and have a good time, uh, please check that out. That is YouTube.com/slash Denise Salcedo. I'm hoping to have more interviews up there soon and lots of other content. Additionally, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. I'm still trying to get to 50k, even though Sean buried my Twitter account. There's some gems in there every now and then. Guys, on Tuesday, I'm dropping an interview with Brian Myers. He's got a new podcast. It's the former Kurt Hawkins called Extreme Conversations. And he does an approach in which I, I've done many times, and I love that he's doing it. He talks ECW happenings, like whether it be Balls Mahoney, Tommy Dreamer, certain pay-per-views. And he talks to several different people about those. Uh, so in our interview, and I'm leaving it as is, not only do I talk to him about that, but I talked to him for upcoming features I'm doing on Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, and the Royal Rumble. So I thought that would be a little bit of an, an interesting approach to take. And he has some 
hilarious greatest Royal Rumble stories you all are going to love. I've got my inspiration or my interview with the inspiration up this week. They both slapped me for calling Gail Kim old. Um, so that happens. Why, why are you looking at me like that? Why Gail are you Kim, even calling Gail Kim old? What is your problem? It Sean? was a lapse in judgment. She is my youthful, exuberant bestie, my my role model. My First, you mentor. were saying things about Lady Frost, and now Gail Kim, you deserve a major ass. I didn't say that about Lady Frost. Lady Frost said that about Lady Frost, and look, no, look what you, happened. I look saw. what happened. She got signed. She got a, signed. A mean person, Sean. This person, person says, Sap Feelers, Jason Roberts on Twitter. Why'd you block me? Probably because you're a fucking idiot. That's usually why I block people. Thank you guys so much. I love you guys. Leave a thumbs up, subscribe, tap that bell for notification. Until next time, we're out. <laughs> this is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.